you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we are grateful that you have kept us. We are grateful, Father, for the opportunity to come and worship you together. Lord, we do not want to take for granted, but we want to express, Father God, our gratitude continuously. And to know that, Father, you have been kind to us and you have caused us to be kept by you. And we are able to come together in this manner to worship. So we commit our time together to you, Lord, and we also commit the the word to you, that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Strengthen us. Build us up. And cause us to rise up even a little higher this morning. We give thanks to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Looks like there are more people today. Thank you, Jesus. I think this COVID-19 is teaching us to be more and more conscious of being grateful to the Lord. And we are so grateful that all of us are kept healthy and able to come. I must tell you that I really enjoyed that worship time this morning also. Thank you. You've got such a powerful voice. Wonderful. Praise God. You know, as I was looking at the people up here and the, the chair lady, the chairperson, the thought came to my mind and my heart was saying that the feeling of the Father is that He's jealous over you. Your Father God is jealous over you. He wants you to be kept for His destiny. There's a tremendous sense of destiny in every one of you. And I'd like you to just take this to heart. Don't just think that your Christianity is just only a a, a nominal thing. No. Your Christianity, your faith in Christ. Maybe sometimes the word Christianity doesn't mean much. But your faith in Jesus Christ is attracting the Father this morning and is saying to you, I'm jealous over you. You're not going to be left on your own. Indeed, Romans 8, just now when we read it, uh, it is like the Lord is saying that, you know, the way I'm expressing to you according to the love is because I'm indeed jealous over you. Amen. God is a jealous God, huh? He doesn't want to share you with anybody else. So don't go running away, okay? <laughs> okay, I, I just appreciate the fact that you, you, you your church is... Uh, uh, going on a, a book study and, uh, and I'll do my best to bring out some things pertaining to uh, John chapter four, 14 sorry. and uh, the assignment is verse 1 to 11. So we have uh, 27 minutes, 45 seconds. <laughs> Thank you, you are so generous. I'm very touched. <laughs> If it's half an hour, then it's half an hour. But you say 40 minutes, so I'll take 
another 10 minutes. Is that okay? Will you still be hanging around? Or will you go home immediately after 27 minutes later? <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> okay, let's, the, the title is Calm in Anxiety or Peace in the Time of Anxiety. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to read from John chapter 14, verse 1. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Okay, and trust also in me. So Jesus is talking about the Father and himself. So it's about belief. Now I just want to plant this word into your, your, your mind right now. Versus belief is another word, is the other word, unbelief. Okay, just bear in mind. Um, all right. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. How, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do, you do know him and, I have, and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. Now, of course, this verse in verse 11 continues to verse 12 that talks about actually you can do the same works as I do. And in fact, even greater works than these shall you do. Uh, all these are very significant. Actually, it links, but we will probably not comment on that. I've just made a comment. Okay, that's it. Uh, I'm not going to verse 12 because I must be loyal to my friend and keep to verse 11. <laughs> okay. All right. <coughs> Let's, let's, let's go on to the next slide. And uh, the way I approach learning about the Bible, and I share this with you because potentially there are many of you who will be preachers, Bible study leaders, and this is a little secret that I have for me, uh, for myself. I always look at a passage in three C's. Context, content, and then contemplation or consideration. Okay? That one is really like application, okay? So if you think like that, you will not go off in a tangent and, and preach anything you like. You can't preach anything you like, okay? <laughs> you got to preach what Jesus is trying to say. So everybody say it together with me, three C's. Turn with somebody, remember three C's, <laughs> okay? All right, now context, okay? John chapter 14. It's a out-of-public situation, Jesus was not in public ministry. He is in a privacy of 
a meal together with his 12 disciples. And it actually, in this particular context of chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, actually, it was his farewell conversation, farewell discourse. He was about to be betrayed. He's going to actually face the cross after this. So this is actually the last time that he was going to meet. So actually, it's, it's very important when people are trying to say something before they leave and it will be like passing on, you know. Uh, so, the, and it happened that also this was also the Passover meal. It was the, what they called the Last Supper. It was also a feet washing kind of exercise that he was doing. Why feet washing? Well, you must. Many people talk about preach with about regarding feet washing as a, a lesson on humility, and of course it is. Uh, I was very humble when we had a kind of thing that we did between Malaysia and Singapore uh, many years ago, and then I washed somebody's feet, and the other person who is a very high-level uh, denomination head was washing my feet. I was very touched, you know. There was humility. So, okay, you can apply it that way. But uh, I must let you know that it was not just that, that... The act is a humble act of feet washing, uh, washing somebody else's feet. But in context, the purpose of feet washing was because Jesus said, not all of you are clean. John chapter 13, verse 11. And why? Because there were some serious issues there. One of you are going to betray me. And the other one is going to de- deny me three times. <laughs> that guy was bragging. That was Peter, you know, was bragging. Oh, no, <laughs> we, we, we will not betray you. And Jesus turned to him. Actually, you are going to betray me three times. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so... Um, it, it was like Jesus said, if I don't wash, Peter said, don't wash my feet because I should be washing your feet. Then Jesus says, if you don't let me wash your feet, you have no part in me. That was the chapter 13. Okay. Why do I tell you chapter? I'm talking about context. Okay. There's a continuation. Chapter 14 is a continuation of chapter 13. That's a revelation, huh? Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, and what, what was Jesus saying that he, we are to be part of or that they are to be part of him is to be part of his departure, part of his death, part of his later resurrection, part of his ascension, and part of his return for them. That brings us to chapter 14. Okay? And verse 1, all right? That, that's what he says. Then, then we come into this time whereby when he was talking about betrayal and denial and, and, and all this kind of thing, he, the, 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 the people begin to feel a bit uncomfortable. The, the, then he says, in fact, they were anxious. Okay? And so, uh, they be, in their anxiety, it expressed a very simple thing. We're confused. What are you talking about? They don't even know that he was talking about Judas, or, but Judas knew. But all of them were a bit confused, and um, they did not understand Jesus. You know, when you don't understand what's going on and things are happening to you, you can become anxious. Is that fair enough? Uh, COVID-19 is like that. People are fearful because they don't know what's going on. And then the news 
from this side and from the other side. And then vaccination, this side and the other side. Which is, which is the right one? Which is to be believed? I leave it to you to choose, okay? But uh, I, because I don't want to be entangled this, in this, you know, I'm not anti-vaxxer, okay? Uh, <laughs> but the point is, um, I, I do respect the fact that when you don't know something, you can be anxious. And I think it's okay to be anxious. Okay? I know that we are all new creation. But we are still in the flesh. But we are to be growing, amen? From glory to glory so that the fullness of the Spirit. This morning, during the prayer meeting, I came early because I don't want to miss the prayer part. I enjoyed it the last time I came. Thank you again. And uh, I like the spirit of the place. I like the spirit of prayer that's going. Actually, I encourage you all to come early and join them and, and, and have a time of prayer and preparation, although they are mostly praying for the people who are serving. But it's okay. Just be in the environment of prayer. And uh, because anxiety is the real thing that we all have. Don't feel condemned just because you feel anxious. But being able to rise above anxiety is the key. To be able to stay in peace and calm versus a time of anxiety is, an, is a victorious thing. It's an important thing, okay? And, and in this way, we will be able to share and minister or encourage one another in the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? And so, not understanding can cause anxiety. And the call was to trust God and Him, Jesus. And in the time of anxiety, and this is like... Later on, you'll see the word belief. You've already read. The word belief came several times, about three times. And this is the reason why I am bringing uh, to awareness. One of, the, one of the, the, the struggles of many Christians in their own faith is not the problem of trying to grow in faith. We always say we want to grow in faith. However, let me tell you this. Besides trying to grow in faith... We've got to learn how to take care of our unbelief. The Bible talks about that Jesus uh, was trying to minister to somebody uh, 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 whose son is being tormented by the devil. And he prayed, Lord, help me to believe. Because he, that fellow was saying, help my unbelief. Uh, remember the story? Help our unbelief. The re- and, and if we don't know and don't pay attention to unbelief. We don't know, actually, sometimes in trying to grow in faith, you don't know why you're not growing in faith. Maybe sometimes you need to take care of your unbelief. Okay? Uh, so this is an important first point that I want to bring your, to your attention. And the reason for this anxiety uh, that is caused by the, what I've said is actually now being addressed by Jesus Uh, with something else. He says, uh, point number three in the context is that, you know, cool down a little bit. Don't continue in your anxiety. Cool it because I'm coming back for you. Therefore, stay in peace. I'm coming back. Don't worry. Stay in peace. I'm coming back for you. And that ties in pretty well. This is not part of my notes because it's not there. But like I said just now, that the Lord is saying to you this morning, and I believe, you know, if you like to take it prophetically, that he's, he's, he's jealous over you. He doesn't want to share you with others. He wants to tell you that his love is expressed in a way that he's a jealous God. He's jealous over you. Okay, 
uh, he said in verse two, 2 to 3, he says he's gone to prepare rooms. If it's not so, I would have told you so. But he has gone. Now, understand this, that when he is saying something like that, sometimes you wonder why, what's, 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 what, 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 what is this all about? Actually, there's a background to this, and it's a custom uh, thing pertaining to the culture of their day, that when a bridegroom comes for a bride, upon confirmation, seal the deal, okay? He brought the gifts, and the gifts are accepted, and so on. The next thing that we'll do is the husband or the groom, not yet husband, eh? the potential groom, he will go home with the father. The father and him would come first and then negotiate to close the deal, okay? How much it costs? How much dowry, okay? Uh, do you do the same thing or not? Huh? Uh, Grace, did you negotiate for a good price? Huh? You didn't, I say. Your father didn't ask for a good price. <laughs> Uh, the father is supposed to come. Uh, the, the I don't know the husband's name. What's your what's your name, brother? Bill. Huh? Bill. Bill. Uh, Bill, did you come with your father to negotiate with uh, Pastor Agus or not, and get the uh, sister Lillian to, to 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 agree? But they did in those days in the Jewish wedding. They have to do all that. Then the bridegroom and the father will return home and build an extension to their home. It might even be a tent because those days, you know, in the, in the desert and 40 years. Huh? Uh, but the idea was to build another tent or extension, build another room. And then after that, he'll come back. When the room is established, he'll come back to now properly marry the, 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 the bride. Now, Sometimes it takes months, sometimes up to one year before the groom comes back again. The groom, when he comes back, actually it will not be announced until he actually arrives. A distance away, they will blow the trumpet. Then they will make some noise so that the bride was quickly... Now this actually has got connection to the parable of the ten virgins, remember? All these things, when you read in the Bible, you have, uh, when you read contextually, you'll be able to tie in things together. The contextual will have cultural applications as well as spiritual application. What I'm doing, what I'm doing uh, now is the custom, the cultural application. But there's, there's also an eschatological uh, application. End times, eh? eschatology is end times. Proton is beginning. Eschaton is end, okay? So, uh, Eschatological application is Jesus, the bridegroom, is coming for the bride, the church. Amen? So, if you understand this, you understand John 14 a little bit better. Actually, it has got everything to do with Jesus coming back for us, who are the bride. Yeah? And it is a sure thing. Because the contract is sealed. Deposit already given. The Holy Spirit is the deposit, okay? It's already given. Now you understand all this, huh? then you, 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 you can be, begin to, to, to know that hey, you're quite special, you know? You are special. You are going to be somebody Jesus is coming back for. And it is bright. It's a big deal for the, anybody. The biggest deal that will happen to a person 
in the normal sense of the word, is actually the marriage, the wedding. After that, the family starts, okay? Nobody get married wanting to divorce. Nobody get married hoping that one day they will divorce. Everybody hopes for a good marriage. Is that right? This is the way it should be, but the world system is all wacko, you know? So, yeah, they're all gone wacky, you know? So, don't, don't follow that system out there. We, we have a system, and the system is the bridegroom Jesus is coming back for the church, and the church is going to be His bride. And He is adorning His bride. And He is polishing, He is making the bride beautiful. Hallelujah. And you are being part of this making beautiful, part of this development. So sometimes, maybe not very comfortable. It's okay. Hold on a little bit. Hold on a little bit. And then we have one another to help one another too, okay? That's why we have a church and a beautiful church such as this because I know your pastors quite a number of years already and now I'm getting to know the younger ones. I like the spirit that's going on and I, I believe that, you no, know, we are all going to be on the same page with Jesus, amen? So that we will not be left alone. When you know context, you know that you're not on your own. Because when you don't understand the context that you're in, you think you're suffering by yourself, nobody cares. No, these are lies from the, de de from the devil. Okay? And, and so, okay, let's go on to verse 4. You know the way to where I'm going. Now I'm actually already dealing with the content. Huh? Okay? You know the way I'm going. And Thomas said, no, we don't. No. Actually, it's true. But all the, actually, the rest of them uh, are also like Thomas. Jesus say, sometimes says things in riddle. And he says, like, oh, you all know, but actually all also don't know. But <laughs> yeah, only Thomas was bold enough to say what, 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 he, what, he, what, what, what he was thinking. Uh, I think we also need to be a bit honest. <laughs> when we don't know, don't pretend as if we know. Uh, we, we do not, the head actually inside there empty, you know, you just not. Oh, we know very little, so what you not. There's a lot of sound inside there, but you actually don't know. But at least one person said, I don't know. <laughs> then when he said he didn't know, Jesus went on and said, Actually, I am the way. I am the truth and the life. Only, the only way to the Father. Okay? And then the next fellow, you know, uh, actually this, this is uh, uh, the next, next fellow, uh, the only way to the Father. So Philip is the next one to say, Show us the Father. And Jesus said, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Okay? And uh, let's go on a little bit. And believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. At least believe because of the work you have seen me do. Alright. Uh, let's look at the next slide and let's address this issue of unbelief. Anxiety actually betrays our unbelief. The moment when we get anxious, that means we've got to check. There's something about our belief system that is giving way to tr being troubled, no peace, loss of peace, and also in anxiety and worry. So if we worry a lot, check our unbelief, okay? Um, because the opposite is if, you, if, there is, if my belief system is in the right place, I will be relieved from anxiety and I will stay calm. Yeah? Let me tell you this. There's something that has already been quite well researched about anxiety, especially in 
human beings in the family system. They have discovered that the family system is actually an emotional system. And so therefore, this emotional system has a tendency, of course, it's in nature, uh, it will tend towards, towards anxiety, worry. Yeah? And therefore, it leads to all kinds of uh, mental illnesses and sicknesses, depression and so on. But on the other hand, we are Christians. How many say amen? We are Christians. That is correct in the researches of the world, in the research done by the world. It's a big research. It's called family uh, systems theory. Family FST, uh, FST, family systems theory. If you go and Google, you'll find this. It's a huge study. I have read some of the things there uh, to, 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 to deal with this thing, not just only because I'm preaching, you know. I, 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 learned, I learned about this. I went to research that thing quite a while ago, one and a half, two years ago. And uh, the greatest thing that the world wants is to have a peace and a calm. That's why people are making research. But they discover the family system is an emotional system. Calm and peace is not easy to come by. So Jesus said, the world cannot give you the peace, but I will give you the peace that the world cannot give. Yeah? You remember all these kind of scriptures, huh? So, uh, so, therefore, we need to learn what it is to contemplate on what we have, contemplate on what we do. This is the third part of my teaching today. Okay? The contemplation, calm, is, will come about only when we contemplate our belief in Jesus' words. Your peace is not going to come from the system of the world. I've just said that. It's not going to come from your circumstances also. I would that our people will do well in their work and have provisions, finance. I would that our business people in all our churches will also be able to do well, even in COVID. Thank God that we have got... I'm sure here too, they've got many testimonies of people doing well even though the economy is not well. And I'm not sure how the economy is going to be in the days ahead. Because to finance all the vaccination and so on, actually they have gone into tremendous deficits. So the world system, the economy system of the world is actually hanging and floating on something that is, don't know what's underneath it. If you only know a little bit of what's really going on in the finance and so on, you will understand that we, we, our foundation is not really upon whatever the world offers. Our foundation is in, is in the rock and He is Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the chief cornerstone. And we have to be serious about it. Your success in Christian life is actually upon this word called contemplation. Contemplation is a little bit like meditation. You think about it, but meditations is hijacked by the devil in Eastern religion, Eastern religion, New Age, and so therefore. But if you want to be uh, strong and be very courageous, like Joshua, the Bible says you need to meditate. And if you think that this meditate meditate is a bit too complex, then I change it. You know, I just change it. Contemplate, <laughs> think, just think about it, <laughs> just think this way, that way, every other way. Just think through it. Yeah? And if you can't think through it by yourself, ask somebody, what do you think? All you have to do is ask somebody else, what do you think? Don't be too fast in telling your opinion. Ask people, what do you think? Because you might change your opinion after that. 
because somebody else will come with something else to help you in your contemplation that adds to your meditation that will give you this dimension of be strong and of good courage and be of good success. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Okay? So, uh, and so what are we going to do now? For the rest of the time, I'm going to deal with this third factor here called contemplation. Contemplate on what Jesus said. Okay? Uh, give me the last, the, last, um, the last slide, please. The previous slide to this. Contemplate what Jesus says, where you will go. Now, I'm going to give you just three points. Where you will go. Contemplate. Where is your real destination? All right? Then after that, there will be two more, but they will come up soon. He talks about, I'm the way. He, well, before he, he said, I'm the way, he, he was telling them that, I've gone to prepare a room for you. In fact, the King James says, I've gone to prepare a mansion for you. Then, but actually, the Greek word more translated more accurately is the word rooms. Okay? But you must understand, we're talking about God's realm. When it is His room in heaven, it's not a miserable little apartment out in the... Now they have cities, uh, there's pigeonholes, you know. Very small, very expensive to buy, very terrible. You know, the students' accommodation out in the city, I don't know where they've been. I've been, I've been to one, and I noticed this is so small, you know. And uh, they're charging the cho- uh, children, uh, the students a lot, and because my children are, were students, okay? So once upon a time, they're all grown up now. Like my, I think my children are nearly like your children. But my oldest is 40 years old, so he's older than your children, I think. So anyway, contemplate what Jesus says, where you will go. All right? And uh, this has got to do with the temporal, eschatological, and eternal. So when you are going through life, you will definitely be part of the temporal. Don't deny it. Don't be so airy-fairy, you know, living like you are up, uh, like a pie in the sky, way up high, floating by and by. Be down to earth. Realize that, okay, there is a temporal life and then we are all having to face certain circumstances that may become adversities to some of us. However, there is an end-time part of it. And the end-time part of it is going to surely come. In fact, when the, when the pandemic came, one of my churches in India said, Pastor, is this end times? Huh? Is this, uh, uh, what do you call that? Uh, tribulation time? How come we are not taken up yet? Not raptured yet? I don't deny that we could be very, very close to all these things that are going to happen in terms of end times, okay? So I don't deny this end time thing. And I look at how globalization is going on. They are all pointing to it. Now they are talking about rumors of war between Russia and Ukraine. All in Matthew chapter 28. But Jesus said, not yet. Belum lagi. Okay, you can hear the rumors of war and even war. Some people say it might not become a full-fledged war. Okay, it's a lot of, there will be some negotiation and maybe it will, be, it will kind of like settle down a bit. Well, 
okay lah, you know, we hope everything is going to be okay. Because it's no fun when the world goes into a lot of this kind of uh, diplomatic issues. However, we must understand where we will go. This temporal place is not your eternal home. It's not going to be forever. You have another home. You have another home and you have another citizenship. If you're an Australian, you actually have another citizenship up in heaven. Hallelujah. And that one is eternal. And that one is where we sang, we sang about hope. That's where our real hope is. When you, are, when you understand that you belong to the eternal part of God, actually, the things of this world cannot afflict you so strongly. You don't allow it because you're mentally prepared, you're emotionally prepared, and you will not be subjected to all the waves and all the uh, tossing about by the doctrines of this world that will cause fear to you, that will cause fear in you. Don't give in to that. Just be open to the Lord and understand that actually there is an eternal home. My mother-in-law, before, uh, that was well before she died, she was in the hospital and my, mo- my wife actually visited her. And she was surprised to see my wife. She, told my, she asked my wife, how did you know that I'm here? My wife said, what do you mean? I come to actually discharge you. He says, actually, uh, just now Jesus was on my next bed. The next bed is empty. And then she was in another place whereby she was having a big, big mansion, big rooms. She is not, not literate. She doesn't know how to read the Bible. So she doesn't know the Bible very well. And she had been ill. So therefore, she doesn't even go to church a lot. So she has not a lot of Bible, not Bible knowledge, and she doesn't know a lot. But her description was like John 14. She was in a place with like a mansion with many rooms, she said. Some of the rooms they're making, they're having renovations. Ah, not yet ready. Maybe one of them is yours. And then, this particular situation was, uh, she feels like she knows which one is her room. But she didn't go in there. Instead, she was ushered to another banquet table. And then, then my wife asked her, did you eat? Yeah, plenty of food. What did you eat? What do they have there? Oh, curry chicken. (laughs) And this and that and everything that she was describing. And then, my wife was saying to her, Mother, I'm coming here to actually fetch you home to discharge you. It was like she just woke up. She had a visitation from Jesus. You know, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How many like to have a visitation from Jesus? Huh? And he, 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 I think sometimes when you don't know too much, huh, Jesus can come through better. <laughs> our mind huh, is quite troublesome. You know, Sometimes our mind blocks. The, the, the reality of God. So we need to have a childlike faith. That's why I like to hear you pray. Because when I see your pray and I hear you pray and I see how you are, it's so wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, 
another vision that a, a little child came back, a boy, a little boy. He, he also like has been, was taken up by, by God and visited heaven and he was shown around heaven. And also, she was talking about rooms that are actually being, uh, many rooms are under renovation. One of them was his, but not yet ready. And then materials still not yet come. So Jesus told him that every time when you are expressing faith to me, materials are sent up to build your home, to build your room. Isn't it interesting? Huh? Not sure how does it fit in your theological box, but I like the story. Okay? I like to hear stories like that. Okay? I, I like to understand that actually there is another place being prepared for you. At least that one is biblical, theologically, no need to argue. Okay? So, I like you to know this, amen, today. Receive it in your heart. There is an eternal part of you, hallelujah. And there is a room prepared for you. This is not permanent. If you're not happy with whatever that you're here now, don't worry. Don't be anxious. Just cool it, hallelujah. Tell yourself, stay calm, amen. And know what to focus. Now, next slide. Huh? Uh, focus on this. Your temporal, it comes and go. You come and go with nothing. But heaven in, is on earth now by Jesus in you. Eternal. Ecclesiastes uh, later on. But you know, the point that I'm trying to say is, despite the fact that, I'm said, I, that I said, don't, don't pay too much attention to your temporal, but this temporal has got one added element that you have that the world cannot offer. Heaven on earth now for you. Because Jesus has already arrived. The kingdom of God is already here. Not yet full, never mind, but we are into it. Hallelujah. We are in it and we are growing in it. And you must now understand that you are a kingdom of heaven material. You are a kingdom of heaven person. You are a kingdom of heaven faith. And you are a person that will grow in it, experiencing it more with more heaven in you, more heaven in your home. Hallelujah. It is about knowing that this particular part of you is encouraged by God, encouraged by Jesus in the whole of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. The gospel that is presented by Matthew, Mark, Luke and John is not only the gospel of salvation, although salvation, we talk about the gospel as salvation all the time. No, actually Jesus referred to the gospel as the gospel of the kingdom all the time. And this gospel of the kingdom has got a very strong quantity of the eternal. And so Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11, he says, Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in your heart. Yeah. Hallelujah. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of, the, of God's work from beginning to the end. People cannot see. You can see. John 14 tells you, you are one person who, with Jesus Christ coming back for you. You can see the end. The other end is, there is a room prepared for you, a house prepared for you, a mansion prepared for you. Hallelujah. So, we shouldn't allow ourselves just to wallow in self-pity, wallow in our uh, 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 anxiety, wallow in fear. Don't join the crowd outside there. Live a, a bit, a, a notch higher Okay, uh, and then, okay, now let's, let's look at the next one. Your response 
um, to disappointments. I'm sure you would have disappointments like everybody else. I'm sure you have moments of discouragement. I'm sure you are also affected by distractions that will take you away from your belief. But let's look at point number three. Contemplate. Calm from anxiety when you know that heaven on earth is real now. There was one year I proclaimed, every year I proclaimed a theme for my churches. About three, three years ago, I proclaimed the theme, heaven in your home. I like everybody to begin to think heaven in my life, heaven in your home. It's a reality because Jesus is already inside you. And Jesus is the kingdom of God. Why not? And His kingdom is the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, same thing. Huh? Uh, heaven is in your home and it is real and is according to how we want to believe. Okay? The second thing, just now we said, uh, know the Jesus, uh, know from Jesus where you will go. Now, know, contemplate on the Jesus that you know. Contemplate on the Jesus that you know. Know Jesus as number one, the way. Okay? You can t- give. So just now was uh, know where you go. Now know know that know that Jesus that you know. Okay. After that is about the Father showing the Father. So know who Jesus show. So all these things end with O W. Uh, where you go, where you what you know, and uh, who Jesus show. Okay. Easy to remember. Okay. <laughs> uh, three points. Very easy one. Uh. Uh, Next slide. Contemplate on the way. There are three words that I'm describing as as on the the way, which is the way is the track. Some people lost way, lost track of their life. If you're in this condition where you lost track of your life, where because of either things that happened to you, job or finance or, or COVID or whatever, I just want to encourage you today from the message, from this particular message, Actually, it doesn't matter about the circumstances. Because Jesus is the way, you are still on track. Make sure you don't get out of the way. Don't get out of Jesus. You are on track. Of course, another way to, to, to look at the way is the cross. Because the cross is the way to the Father. And then the third word is the path. Okay, This path is the path of right standing with God. And uh, I have a scripture there in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He says that, him who knew no sin, God has made him to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. In other words, we are people who are righteous in the sight of God, irrespective of you. Your righteousness has got nothing to do with you. In fact, you know, Old Testament say your righteousness is as good as filthy rags. But God look at you in right standing because of the way that you have stepped into. It's the escalator, the way. Once you're on it, you're going. Irrespective of you, so long as you're on the way. Amen? So, and then, uh, yeah, God, yeah, I just quoted the scripture. The second one, Jesus said, I'm the truth. The opposite of truth is deception. That means you're out of deception. Deception started when Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden. Satan, the devil, is the symbol of deception. God, on the other hand, is the symbol of truth. And if you 
let me just tell you this. One of the biggest things that people are researching on is self-deception. And we don't even know. Sometimes we think we are right, but maybe we could be in self-deception because you don't know everything. Give yourself the benefit of a doubt that actually you don't know everything. Because when you don't know everything and you think that you're right and you could be self-deceived, you create problems for other people relationally. Relationships break because of self-deception. Yeah? So, uh, but the opposite is Jesus is the truth. Why? Because His Father, God, is truth. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. John chapter 8. If you want to be free, go for truth. And that truth is in the person of Jesus. Surrender to Jesus. Let Jesus rule over you. Let Jesus reign and be the king over your life. Because you need Him to help you discern truth from lies. He will. He can. How, how does He do it? He had put the Holy Spirit inside you. The Holy Spirit inside you that inspired maybe, hopefully, that this kind of teaching will also help you. And it's by the Word of God anyway. It bring you into an awareness that I want to get myself out of any self-deception and Jesus helped me see clearly things from the other side that might release me from anxiety, from fear, from anger, from bitterness that will cause me to return to peace. Amen. Okay, uh, so John chapter, three, uh, John chapter 8, verse 32, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. The last one is, I'm the life. Life means out of spiritual death. How is death being, uh, being experienced? Dullness in life. You're bored. Stagnation. No life. Okay? But this life that Jesus comes is supposed to be new life. It's supposed to be abundant life. But it comes with an inner change life. A life that is changed. Inner life that is changed. Okay? Romans chapter 6 verse 11 says, you are dead to sin, alive to God. Okay? So you, we should consider ourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. The last one is contemplate on who Jesus shows. So we have... Contemplate on where you will go. Contemplate on the Jesus that you know. Now contemplate on who Jesus knows, uh, shows. Okay, What is shown is what you see. If you don't see the Father in Jesus, you miss what, you're to, what you are shown. See Jesus, you see Father. That's what he told Philip. Okay, Contemplate your belief in Jesus' words. Jesus shows the Father that we go to. Jesus shows the Father in the works He had already done and His works he, he does today in your life and He's showing the Father. And then see Jesus and the Father every time in everything, you will be at rest, not in anxiety. Don't, back to verse 1, huh? don't be troubled in your hearts. Amen. See the Father, focus on Jesus. Amen. That is the end of my sermon today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Sure. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
I hope you got something out of John, John, John 14 this morning. Huh? Hallelujah. Uh, let's pray. Huh? Shall we pray? Huh? I'd like to pray for you all. And uh, pray if you feel that you're, you've lost track of what's going on. Or you want to know Jesus more. And you want to see God more. Okay. Ask the Lord to help us to heal us of any unbelief. Change me from the inside to clearly know where I'm going, know the Jesus I believe, and see the Father through Jesus. Father, help us this morning. Give us a conviction and an, un an understanding that we know where we are going. We have a destination and we have a destiny. And we pray, Lord Jesus, help us to know you more so that the Jesus I know is not just only head knowledge. The Jesus I know is somebody I really know and have a conviction of who I know. There is a form, something is formed in me. There's substance in who I know about Jesus. I pray, Father, this morning that by the Holy Spirit, you would create a spiritual substance of our knowing of Jesus in our lives. Amen. And Father, thank you for showing us the Father. We now know that we can see the Father because you show the Father. If we want to know the Father, we look at Jesus, we will know the Father. Father, I pray today, Lord, that even as information is given, form something. Let the information transfer to formation and formation to transformation of our lives. And I pray this for this church today. I pray this for those who are at home today, watching the video, watching the TV. I pray, Father God, that the work of the Holy Spirit transcends distance and accomplish the will and the purpose of God in the Word today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you.